0: Chapter 25 of International Short Stories, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gilles Leblanc. International Short Stories, Volume 2 by William Patton. Chapter 25 My Brother Henry by J. M. Barry. Strictly speaking, I never had a brother, Henry, and yet I cannot say that Henry was an impostor. He came into existence in a curious way, and I can think of him now without malice as a child of smoke. The first I heard of Henry was at Pettigrew's house, which is in a London suburb, so conveniently situated that I can go there and back in one day. I was testing some new cabanas, I remember, when Pettigrew remarked that he had been lunching with a man who knew my brother Henry. Not having any brother but Alexander, I felt that Pettigrew had mistaken the name. Oh no, Pettigrew said, he spoke of Alexander too. Even this did not convince me, and I asked my host for his friend's name. Scudamore was the name of the man and he had met my brothers alexander and Henry years before in Paris Then I remembered scudamore and I probably frowned for I myself was my own brother Henry I distinctly recalled scudamore meeting alexander and me in Paris and calling me Henry though my name begins with a J I explained the mistake to Pettigrew and here for the time being the matter rested However, I had by no means heard the last of Henry Several times afterward I heard from various persons that Scudamore wanted to meet me because he knew my brother Henry at last we did meet in Jimmy's chambers and Almost as soon as he saw me Scudamore asked where Henry was now This was precisely what I feared i am a man who always looks like a boy there are few persons of my age in london who retain their boyish appearance as long as i have done indeed this is the curse of my life though i am approaching the age of thirty i pass for twenty and i have observed old gentlemen frown at my precocity when i said a good thing or helped myself to a second glass of wine There was, therefore, nothing surprising in Scudamore's remark that, when he had the pleasure of meeting Henry, Henry must have been about the age that I had now reached. All would have been well had I explained the real state of affairs to this annoying man. But, unfortunately for myself, I loathe entering upon explanations to anybody about anything. This it is to smoke the Arcadia. When I ring for a timetable and William John brings coals instead, I accept the coals as a substitute. Much then did I dread a discussion with Scudamore, his surprise when he heard that I was Henry, and his comments on my youthful appearance. Besides, I was smoking the best of all mixtures. There was no likelihood of my meeting Scudamore again, so the easiest way to get rid of him seemed to be to humor him. "'I therefore told him that Henry was in India, married and doing well. "'Remember me to Henry when you write to him,' was Scudamore's last remark to me that evening. "'A few weeks later, someone tapped me on the shoulder in Oxford Street. "'It was Scudamore. "'Heard from Henry?' he asked. "'I said I had heard by the last mail. "'Anything particular in the letter?' i felt it would not do to say that there was nothing particular in a letter which had come all the way from india so i hinted that henry was having trouble with his wife by this i meant that her health was bad but he took it up in another way and i did not set him right ah he said shaking his head sagaciously i am sorry to hear that poor henry poor old boy was all i could think of replying how about the children scudamore asked "'Oh, the children,' I said, with what I thought presence of mine, "'are coming to England.' "'To stay with Alexander?' he asked. My answer was that Alexander was expecting them by the middle of next month, and eventually Scudamore went away muttering, "'Poor Henry!' In a month or so we met again. "'No word of Henry's getting leave of absence?' asked Scudamore." I replied shortly that Henry had gone to live in Bombay, and would not be home for years. He saw that I was brusque, so what does he do but draw me aside for a quiet explanation? I suppose, he said, you are annoyed because I told Pettigrew that Henry's wife had run away from him. The fact is, I did it for your good. You see, I happened to make a remark to Pettigrew about your brother Henry, and he said that there was no such person. Of course I laughed at that and pointed out not only that i had the pleasure of henry's acquaintance but that you and i had talked about the old fellow every time we met well pettigrew said this is a most remarkable thing for he meaning you said to me in this very room sitting in that very chair that alexander was his only brother I saw that Pettigrew resented your concealing the existence of your brother Henry from him So I thought the most friendly thing I could do was to tell him that your reticence was doubtless due to the unhappy state of poor Henry's private affairs Naturally in the circumstances you did not want to talk about Henry I shook Scudamore by the hand telling him that he had acted judiciously But if I could have stabbed him in the back at that moment, I dare say I would have done it I did not see Scudamore again for a long time, for I took care to keep out of his way, but I heard first from him and then of him. One day he wrote to me, saying that his nephew was going to Bombay, and would I be so good as to give the youth an introduction to my brother Henry. He also asked me to dine with him and his nephew. I declined the dinner, but I sent the nephew the required note of introduction to Henry. The next I heard of Scudamore was from Pettigrew. By the way said pettigrew scudamore is in edinburgh at present i trembled for edinburgh is where alexander lives what has taken him there i asked with assumed carelessness pettigrew believed it was business but he added scudamore asked me to tell you that he meant to call on alexander as he was anxious to see henry's children a few days afterward i had a telegram from alexander who generally uses this means of communication when he corresponds with me. Do you know a man a Scudamore? Reply, was what Alexander said. I thought of answering that we had met a man of that name when we were in Paris, but after consideration I replied boldly, Know no one of the name of Scudamore. About two months ago I passed a Scudamore in Regent Street and he scowled at me. This I could have borne if there had been no more of Henry, but I knew that Scudamore was now telling everybody about Henry's wife By and by I got a letter from an old friend of Alexander's asking me if there was any truth in a report that Alexander was going to Bombay Soon afterward Alexander wrote to me saying he had been told by several persons that I was going to Bombay In short, I saw that the time had come for killing Henry So I told Pettigrew that Henry had died of fever deeply regretted and asked him to be sure to tell Scudamore Who had always been interested in the deceased's welfare? Pettigrew afterward told me that he had communicated the sad intelligence to Scudamore How did he take it I asked? Well Pettigrew said reluctantly he told me that when he was up in Edinburgh He did not get on well with Alexander But He expressed great curiosity as to henry's children ah I said the children were both drowned in the fourth a sad affair. We can't bear to talk of it I'm not likely to see much of Scudamore again nor is Alexander Scudamore now goes about saying that Henry was the only one of us. He really liked End of chapter 25